Show. Hi, this is Rachel. And this is Natalie. And we are the Insta Mamas. We are sisters with a podcast and we talk about everything from faith, healthy, clean living, adoption, foster care, motherhood, and everything in between. Thanks for listening. Hey, this is Natalie. And this is Rachel. And we are so excited to be back with you guys. We had a much needed long break to just spend time with our families. Yeah, kind of the month of January and just the like last week of December, we did our, you know, Christmas stuff and and then just we like to take the first of the year. We're not like we don't believe in New Year's resolutions. Like mm-hmm. this is not what this is about. Like I both of us started our weightless journeys like in May and yeah. April. Like that's just the, you know, I love the two o'clock on a Tuesday kind of people. You start when you start, when yeah. you feel comfortable. So this, uh, we're going to talk about 20 things to leave in 2020. Yeah, woohoo, 2021. It was really easy to come up with 20 things to leave behind. <laughs> but not in a way to say like, oh, this 2020 was the worst year ever. And, and 2021's just going to be way better. No, I think, and if you read one of the posts I did at the end of last year, it, I get this every year. Every time there's a new year, people talk about how horrible the year was and how the next year is going to be good. And I think it's human nature to do that. But we're trying to move away from that in our own personal lives and our own personal goals. So we love to take January to just like reset as our families. Mm -hmm. Our church does this whole Daniel fast for 21 days. It's pretty cool. Rachel, you want to talk about how you kind of fasted uh, social media and and ate kind of a... um, pretty much a vegan diet the only difference between vegan is that you also are not allowed to have anything with yeast in it Mm -hmm. so you're pretty much eating fruits and vegetables it's the daniel fast some people call it or the daniel diet um but basically it's it's not about it's not a health thing it's it's for spiritual spiritual stuff and it's so funny because uh i decided i wouldn't weigh myself during the daniel fast because i was thinking no it really needs to not be about health it really needs to be about i'm giving this stuff up so i can spend more time with god and i don't want to add another obsessive thing in my life so (laughs) it's easy to obsess over certain things especially weight well here's the funny thing i was feeling that way and then the next morning i got up and went to step on my scale and my scale broke so that's embarrassing you're like oh my gosh how much weight did i gain no so god was like um okay yeah no you're gonna really focus on me like we're not gonna make this about weight so i don't know what's wrong with my scale you have to go is because you got it at the thrift store probably (laughs) so um yeah so we are both doing great took some time to consecrate and just spend time with the lord and have some vision for this year so we this podcast is not our 2021 resolutions or anything even though it's our first podcast of 2021 uh, but we will be talking about some goals and stuff we have um, for the coming year because I think it is when you do have a good new year it is kind of a nice time to just start making yeah and we want it to be every day's a new day Mm -hmm. you have every year to look forward to but all of a sudden it's we're now we're at the beginning of the year so why wait but it's already february and by the time it's february most people have lost their goals you know gym memberships go way down Mm -hmm. and so it was nice instead of trying to set a bunch of fitness goals and health goals and all that right at the beginning of the year but it's just set aside and be like okay i'm gonna be in the presence of jesus i'm gonna be meeting him every day i'm going to be 
praying every day. You know, it's it was a lot different than what the beginning of the year usually looks like. And it was a lot more slowed down. It did seem kind of, like, peaceful. Oh, yeah. It was very peaceful. Especially after, like, and I don't know about you guys, but Christmas this year was also a very peaceful time. I mean, a lot of us are used to these giant family gatherings and really, really busy time of the year. But I think we all kind of, after the year we had, we're like, oh, we can kind of take take our foot off the gas a little Mm -hmm. bit and I know as a mom like I felt a lot of pressure last Christmas or Christmas in 2019 we were like coming home from India with our daughter Mm -hmm. so this Christmas I was like oh like I have to make it perfect I have to make it this thing but it's like she's just turned four like it needs to be special because we like came together as a family and I didn't want to stress over things so it, it ended up being a very a very nice time. So um, we are going to talk about as hard as 2020 was for people, it brought a lot of things to the surface that needed to be dealt with mm-hmm. in our own personal lives. And then also like as our friend groups and also like just as a country, I think. Mm-hmm. So we picked these 20 things. They're not an exhaustive list. It is not... Um, like there's definitely stuff that should that could be on there. It's not just our personal lives. It's just things we've kind of noticed on social media. Things we've seen. Our to friends, friends have talked about. Yeah. So family. don't if something's not on this list or whatever. But these are twenty things we personally and um, maybe we think we should leave behind. Maybe things that we're struggling to leave behind. If we're being perfectly honest. So um, yeah, let's jump into it. So our first one is complaining about how terrible life is yes how easy it is to get into that rut of just being like oh well i'm just venting but if you notice the more you complain the more you do it mm-hmm. well and social media i feel like it was very socially acceptable during the lockdowns and during covid to complain mm-hmm. there were a lot of things to complain about and um it's funny because our church did a study about complaining a couple of years ago and it was life-changing and um, I think it's, uh, I can't remember the name of the book. I'll put it in the show notes if I can find it. But it was basically this book about the Israelites and how they complained all the time. And when I was a teacher, I remember that complaining, like, was the thief of my joy. I had, like, a no complaining rule because if you teach high school, the kids complain about everything. But then I noticed if I was complaining about things in the teacher's lounge and I was complaining. And as moms, isn't it so easy to just complain? Yeah, but then you just feel kind of ick. Like, you walk away from it. Like, And there's a difference between I need to pour my heart out to somebody and kind of tell them what's going on in my life, but you don't want to live in this co-misery. So instead, you say, okay, well, can I pray for you? Mm-hmm. Like, just if you really need to share with somebody, like, I had a really rough morning with my child, and you're in tears. That doesn't mean you have to hold it in and not tell anyone you're having a rough day. But you can stop. Call a friend, ask a friend, text a friend, say, hey, can you pray for me? And then you just let it go. As and hard I as even, that is. like, I know we say, oh, I just need to vent. And I kind of limit myself if I'm calling a friend because I don't even like saying the word vent because it mm-hmm. turns to complaining so easily. But, like, if I'm like, okay, I'm going to talk for five minutes. And if I go over five minutes, I've said too much, you know, because, mm-hmm. like, as women, we can just, like, go on. But it's not just women and moms. It's everybody was complaining and it, it kind of got tiresome after a while on Facebook mm-hmm. and and so that's something we are trying to leave in 2020 is um, which kind of leads us to the next one which is negativity so negativity just like um, you kind of saw 
negativity on both sides. Like, oh, this side, I, mean, I don't even want to say both sides because everything seems so polarized and still does in a lot of ways. But it's like, hey, my neighbor is doing this and my neighbor's doing that and my sister's doing this. And it, it felt like there was so much negativity. People were just like tearing each other apart. Mm-hmm. Um, for like no good reasons and the reasons we were choosing to be negative you know they just and people are like oh we need to be realistic and I get that but I think there's a balance don't you think yeah well there's a really good quote and I think it's my Angelo that did it that said there's a lot of hate in the world but hate has not solved a single problem hmm. and it's so true yeah there's a lot of hate in the world but what has it ever solved when it's that Bible verse that's kind of like, uh, um, what gain is it? I'm totally paraphrasing, but what gain is it to like love someone who's easy to love, basically, or mm-hmm. to to be kind to someone you love? It's when you're kind or loving to your enemy. That's where there's a reward, and it's mm-hmm. kind of like that negative negativity mindset. It's so much easier to be negative, but like you said, and it's easier to complain, but it makes you leave feeling kind of icky. Yeah, it's not uplifting at all. Mm-hmm. The next one is the 15 pounds I lost and gained and lost and gained. And it's so funny because Natalie wrote this one down, but for me it was the 15 pounds too. I'd lose 15 pounds and gain them back, lose and then gain them back. So now I'm saying, okay, you 15 pounds are staying in 2020. (laughs) They can just stay there. We're not going to gain it again. We're going to lose it and leave them there. And uh, this has been humbling for me in my weight loss journey because in the first six months I lost 50 pounds. Mm-hmm. And then, like, in the year after that, I've gained and lost the same 15 pounds over and over again. And I'm like, ah, I was able to lose 50 pounds in such a short amount of time, and now I'm kind of, I feel like I'm at a plateau and I'm kind of stuck. And I'm I'm seeking the Lord about that, too, because I'm like, okay, like, I know, I know how to lose weight. I know mm-hmm. how to eat healthy. But there's some, like, other things that I realized during 2020 um, about stress eating. How many of us stress ate in 2020? Yeah, well, there's the joke called the quarantine 15. Isn't that like a joke yeah. on social media? But it's true, and I think it's because we were stuck at home and people turned to baking and food and all kinds of stuff. It really actually was something that came to light in the fast for me, how much of a hold that food has on me and how much of addiction food has on me. And it's like, wow. I really don't want to be controlled by this. So coming out of those 21 days of fasting has really been good just to check my heart and be like, okay, am I going to food for my first comfort or am I going to Jesus for my first comfort? Yeah, and, you know, a lot of us realize that we have issues that the busyness of life covered up, that in our, like, modern world we didn't have to deal with it. Um, And so, but then when you had to, like, be at your house and honestly, in Idaho, we're very, like, in our opinion, blessed because and lucky because we did have a lockdown. But, I mean, there are people that have that go weeks and months without seeing another person. And mm-hmm. in Idaho, there's a lot of outdoor things you can do. We've had a very mild winter, so you can be outside yeah. quite a bit. We just went bike riding yesterday. And it, it's it's there are some lockdowns, but it's not been nearly as strict as other states. And so, in a lot of ways, I forget... That the world is still in lockdown. Yeah. And um, so we just have to, like, recheck myself. But I, in those months of lockdown, I really realized a lot of things about myself. Plus, you know, like, I became a mom 
right before 2020 and I was just basically learning how to be a mom for the last year and I'm I'm arrived now I'm a perfect mother <laughs> I'm totally kidding <laughs> but you know so there there was a lot of things where I'm like oh I was really good at losing weight when I wasn't taking care of a three-year-old mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm not as good as it now so but that kind of leads us to um a, another one my failures. my failures okay um Failing is a very, very normal part of the human condition. Mm-hmm. But we are, like, so afraid to show other people our failings. Yeah, which is interesting to me. I can get that. It's kind of like death. Every person dies, mm-hmm. but we, like, hate to talk about it. Mm-hmm. There's hundreds of euphemisms and, like, things we call death without having to call it death. And I think mm-hmm. it's the same with our failures. Like, we'll say, oh, you know... I'm this, you know, we kind of joke about our failures. Yeah, oh, I fell off the wagon again. and Or, but even, like, not even just with weight loss. Like, I noticed it a lot as a teacher. Students would say, um, oh, I didn't try. Mm. Like, I got a C because I didn't try. If I had tried, I would have done better. But it's like, oh, we don't, because we can't cope with our failure. Mm. And so I'm not saying I'm never going to fail again. But the things that I have failed in need to stay in the past. Well, yeah. If I've dealt with them. And they come up, and then you renounce them. Mm-hmm. If that's something you've already been forgiven for, you don't have a grievance. You don't. Somebody doesn't have a grievance for you, or somebody that you've wronged. I mean, maybe if that was a huge failure, it'd be good to go and seek forgiveness from that person and try to mend that relationship. You know. But I'm saying, like, I'm talking. Yeah, I totally agree with you, Rachel. Like. You, once you've dealt with the failure, maybe mm-hmm. I should say. Because you can't just like say, oh, I'm not going to fail anymore mm-hmm. now that 2020 is over. <laughs> but yeah. like I made some mistakes as a first-time mom, and I can't keep kicking myself and staying yeah. up all night. Yeah. You know, I've made it right with my child and my husband or whoever I wronged, you know. And then I failed myself. Like I wanted to be further along on my weight loss journey than I am. And mm-hmm. I can't just keep kicking myself and kicking myself or I'll go back into a cycle where I gain weight again, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. and get so disgusted with myself I don't even try. So, I mean, that is something I am leaving in 2020 is my failures. Ha ha. This one is diapers. <laughs> Number five. Luckily for me, we left diapers in. Did you? potty trained before 2020 started oh no she potty trained in february of 2020 so yeah we're leaving diapers in 2020 <laughs> so we started potty training uh just very recently and if you don't know my daughter it has special needs and she's developmentally delayed and she just turned four and and you know there's some things that i'm like prepared for because you know mm-hmm. the doctor said oh you know but potty training the holy spirit uh, doctors and some other professionals were saying wait and she doesn't have any language so I was like uh. but my the Holy Spirit and my spirit you know your mom's intuition said it's mm-hmm. time and I was like no I'm, I was I was so afraid to potty train um, but luckily my sister Rachel helped me survive those first couple days and mm-hmm. any mom who's been through it it's horrible I don't mm-hmm. know there's something so demoralizing about someone else peeing on you <laughs> and just like sitting on your lap and so nonchalantly just letting it go but I <laughs> uh, 
I, we could, we're actually going to do a whole episode on potty training and get some guest moms in to talk about potty training because every single person I've talked to has a different experience. Mm-hmm. And some people are like, my way is the best way. And we kind of did it by a book, kind of did it by just asking a bunch of people their opinions and then kind of just used my woman, my mom's intuition. But no more diapers in 2020. Yeah. When, I mean, we left the diapers. Yeah, we did. Yes, so now we are all in the, about the Moana underwear. And <laughs> so I got some Superwoman underwear that she's pretty excited about. So, And I'm pretty excited about. So diapers, bye-bye. All right, next one. Anything else to say about potty training? No, I forgot. We did potty train in 2020. <laughs> How and many kids done. have you potty trained? Oof, I've probably potty trained about 12 kids, I would say. During your foster mama years. Oh my yeah. gosh. I've I've potty trained about one kid and it was horrible. <laughs> so, But uh, we're not complaining in 20 You know what is so funny though? We all advocate health, but candy. Bribing them with candy. And there's so many books that say against that. But every single kid I have ever had, they are motivated by that. And Lily's sugar-free chocolate chips. Yeah, that's what we use too, the sugar-free chocolate chips. I just think it's so funny because I was so adamant on, no, I'm not going to use candy and every kid that I potty trained, candy is the one thing that's worked. <laughs> well, so bye-bye diapers. I will see you again when I have more kids. But mm-hmm. we have a little bit of a reprieve. All right, number six. This is me personally, and guess what? I've already failed at it this year, this or in February, but sleeping in. I got, my husband got like, oh gosh, he had a really long, I think he had like two weeks off for Christmas. He had to like nice. burn through his PD, PTO before the end of the year and he was like oh I'm gonna let you sleep in a bunch and he was super dad he was amazing he would wake up with our daughter and get her ready for the day and dress her in clothes that I didn't like (laughs) and he did it wrong but anyways I got in a really bad like um what's it called habit habit of just sleeping in and like pushing it five more minutes and letting my daughter like run around and wreck the house while I'm like getting a few more minutes so sleeping in is something I'm leaving in 2020 I want to like wake up early wake up at the same time every day and then also that is the discipline of going to bed at a decent hour because I I try to get eight hours sleep every night well and that's the biggest thing is just waking up early in general a lot of people love to sleep in and if you have a kid who lets you whereas my kid she's up at six no matter what but if you have a kid who lets you sleep in a little bit, and sometimes she'll sleep in later on the weekends, but if you have a kid that does not let you sleep in, it's really a mute point. But if you do have a kid who sleeps in, then it might be a good discipline to even just get some time for yourself in the morning. If they're going to sleep, then get some time in the word or maybe get up and do some stretches, maybe make the bed. I know for some reason when I make the bed in the morning, I just feel so much better. I know. And if my husband wakes up before me, he makes his side of the bed while I'm still (laughs) in it. It annoys me so much. I'm like, just wait five more minutes and I'll be awake. But But it is a a good habit to have because I used to sleep in a lot. And I think it's just a good habit to have. Yeah. And you're going to have days where your body's just exhausted and you're like, whoa, I must have needed that extra sleep. But then think about how much more you get done in the day. You're so much more motivated when you wake up early. It's true. And then also, like, your best mental and physical and emotional time is earlier in the day. By the end of the day, we're all 
I yeah, don't know about I was you, like, but well, I'm maybe it's up. just me because I'm such a morning person. I'm like, Actually, good morning, world. Well, and I'm very much not a morning person. And <laughs> sleeping in can kind of become like an idol for me. Mm-hmm. And I can, I definitely like, then, I, but part of the bad habit was I was pushing my bedtime back and back and back yeah. and staying up. And I'd be like on Facebook or doing something, just not, not something good. It wasn't bad, but it just wasn't good. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm trying to, um, to not sleep in. And, you know, I think it's fine every once in a And if you're a mom with a young child, like a baby, like you have to sleep when you can sleep. This oh, is, yeah. This is if you're scheduled. My daughter's sleeping through the night now. I can I kind of know when she's going to wake up, and I know when she's going to go to sleep. It's not a yeah. surprise. I just need to get my get my but ducks in a row. If you're having, like, babies waking up throughout the night or your little one's waking up, to, it's totally understandable that you try to get more sleep. Well, let's go to the next one, number seven. Toxic relationships. That How was many... a big thing that I left in 2020. Yeah. This is a hard one. And we're, this is everyone, though. A lot of people realized some of the toxic relationships they had because of the pandemic and the lockdown. Mm-hmm. Don't you guys think? I think a lot of our... It's not like those people weren't toxic before. It's just all of a sudden, once all the extra layers were taken away, um, they we were able to see the character was revealed. Mm-hmm. It, it was always there, but when you pull back the the covers and the masks, not the actual COVID <laughs> yeah, masks. You have to wear those still. <laughs> but when you take back your emotional masks, then you're like, oh, that person's kind of manipulative. That person is, is not a very kind person. That person is not very healthy. Or maybe that person and you just lost the same interests or lost the same you know you're at different places in your life and that's okay and it was just time just because you've been friends with somebody a long long time doesn't mean that you are obligated to stay friends with them if it's time to move on from that friendship it's time but it's hard it's heartbreaking it's like going through a breakup actually yeah definitely listen to some moody music and yeah and it's okay to be sad because no one stays in a toxic relationship because they're like happy and everything's wonderful they a lot of times we stay because we love the person and we want to see them change mm-hmm. but I, I noticed at the point where the toxic relationship starts toxifying your own life so I had love in college our pastor gave this example he said you know um, we used to do ice blocking which is <laughs> I know it's so mm-hmm. weird no that's fun <laughs> well explain to them what it is okay it's so fun. you get these like big blocks of ice and um like that big enough to like sit on and you carry it they're heavy and you carry them to the top of the hill and you slide down hills with your bum like you get a towel and you sit on it anyways and you slide down the hill it's it's super fun it's like sledding it is like sledding but if you don't have snow (laughs) it's what you gotta do so um he he gave the example if you're sitting on a block of ice and you are melting the ice that's okay if you're sitting on a block of ice and the ice is making your bum cold that's not okay and he used that as an analogy for like friendship so if you're in a friendship and your friendship is causing healthy things to happen you're both warming up because of it that's great but if the if that toxic person is making you cold because that's hard too because i i i don't want to just like 
I think we have a mentality of just ditching people when we don't like them anymore, when they mm. become difficult. It's, yeah, and it's different than that. Because God calls us to love. Even He says if you can only love the people that you like, you're, you're like we the We just pagans. talked about this, yeah. yeah. But uh, for me, personally, it was what where does my attitude go when I'm around that person? You know, because one thing I've been working on in myself is, Um, which is not easy coming from a family of five women and having so much drama in my family that there's somebody always to talk about. Like, it's gossip. And it's been really hard. And so I've been trying really hard to not gossip. And it's taken a lot to discipline. And I still fail at it. I still find myself like, I need you to pray for (laughs) so-and-so. They were doing this bad thing that I'm going to tell you all about. But yeah, it's hypocritical, and mm-hmm. I understand that. But instead of sitting there and just be like, well, I'm a hypocrite. No, I'm trying to grow and not be like that. And so when I notice I'm around people that are constantly just talking negatively about other people who aren't there, then I notice it's easier for me to join in and be like, oh, yeah, well, that person. And I catch myself doing it sometimes, and I still have to give that to the Holy Spirit and be like, Lord, please forgive me. This is not something that I want to do. This is something that's so strong in the flesh, and it's not something I want to do. But so that was something, too, that really stuck out to me. The friends that you go to and you're lifting people up and you're laughing and or compared to the friends you're going to and everything that's said is really negative about other people and kind of like well which one are you going to want to be a part of and that's just one example of toxicity there's others like um you know and these relationships could be in your own family which Mm -hmm. is really hard um but just being it's it's anytime like being in relationship with this person makes you change your own personal convictions and beliefs Mm -hmm. and and sometimes it means cutting them out for a season for me personally I haven't had to like 100% cut out some people, but there were definitely some relationships that were toxic that I had to put very strict boundaries on. Mm. And here's something that can kind of give you a clue of someone's a toxic person. And honestly, we could do a whole podcast on this. And maybe we will. But um, when you put up boundaries, if they, they stop being in relationship with you or if they are really upset with those boundaries... That's kind of gives you a clue if they're a toxic person or not. Because a lot of, and that's not a like end all be all, but a lot of toxic people do not want boundaries. So, mm-hmm. like, let me give an example. I don't want to like beat this dead horse, but um, like a specific person, I'll say, oh, I can only talk on the phone for 15 minutes. Like, the, the toxic thing isn't, isn't so bad, but if we talk for longer than that, it starts to go into toxic territory. And they also try to monopolize my time and like in an unhealthy way if that makes sense and so like they know that i know that like hey i have 15 minutes to talk i would love to talk and hear about you and in my mind i have boundaries too so there's some boundaries i tell that person and some i just keep like oh i'm not going to answer the phone every single time they call or answer their text right away Mm -hmm. like and and then i did this with this person and they got mad at me and i said you know i explained to them i have a busy life i have a child with special needs like that's my priority. I love. I want to be in a relationship with you, but it has to be in these boundaries. And they didn't like it, and they yeah. stopped spending so much time with me. And I, I don't. You know, I did not cut them out, but in a way, I'm leaving. I'm leaving the toxic part of that relationship. Does that yeah. make sense? Um, and bad attitude that kind of goes along with a lot of other. Stuff I know a lot like, of these kind of like yeah, we get like, one another. Mm-hmm. So number eight is what. 
Number eight is bad attitude. We're trying to stay on an actual list here. Yeah. So bad attitude, that kind of goes with negativity, complaining. The Bible says take every thought captive. So it almost, if you explain it to, my mom explained it to me one day because I said, well, how can you control your thoughts? And she said, you can't control a bird flying over your head. But you can control whether you build a nest on top of your head and let it sit there and get there. So it's like, yeah, you have a negative thought. You have a bad attitude. You have the power to change it. I mean, have you ever seen those people that are just ridiculously joyful all the time? Oh, I just got in a car accident, but I'm just happy and on my way. And it's just, they're like, how are they so joyful when they're going through what they're going through? And it's because it's, it is a choice. You can have bad things happen to you and you can be sad and you can be devastated and spend that time in your quiet place. But then also you do have a choice whether to live in, live in that, live in that negativity, live with that bad attitude. Yeah. And, um, I was convicted this morning cause, um, my niece, she comes over and I, I drop her off at preschool in the mornings and <laughs> I was kind of having a cruddy attitude this morning. Mornings are hard for me. And, uh, and she, she was having a very good attitude. And she, she said something like, she wasn't being rude or anything. She was just like, we need to choose to have joy and choose to have a good attitude. And I was like, <laughs> stop preaching at choose me. joy. And, and then sometimes, you know, if a three-year-old, because sometimes she'll be having kind of a bad attitude. And I'll say, well, hey, if we're having a bad attitude, we can't go to the park. And guess what? She can change her attitude so fast. And so if a three-year-old can do it, I can do it. Mm-hmm. All right, number nine, debt. Mm, amen. We are actually going to do an episode on this. We have it in the books. Um, several people have asked us to do a budgeting slash debt episode. If you need something to binge on till we do it, Dave Ramsey, he's got like 45,000 episodes you can listen yeah. to. Yeah. I mean, some of his stuff, I, I don't personally follow him religiously you know but i do we do use a lot of his things and you know what it has been so freeing Mm -hmm. and it's weird i think we get in the mindset of we just need things like we're not content with the stuff that we have and it's just oh i need this oh i need this oh i need this just the other day i was doing my makeup and i was thinking to myself oh i need some new lip sense lipstick and that costs about fifty dollars for a new set of it because I'm all out of the lipstick and the lip gloss and so it's just interesting so my mind went there right away but then my mind also went no you have goals and you want to pay off debt so if you're using the extra money in your budget and yes you you really do need to pamper yourself I really like getting color street nails that's like my <laughs> thing that I pamper myself I stopped getting coffee from the coffee stand and I got a to-go cup and all like the Things that I like to put in my coffee at home and every once in a while my husband likes to get me a coffee and bring it to me as and a treat as a treat and it's nice but it's not we're not going into a lot of debt to try to have stuff and make ourselves when happy. the stuff ultimately makes me unhappy mm-hmm. because I got to a point two weeks ago where Rachel came over and we I had poured every single toy in the house out Korea cr- what is it? Karimondo. Oh, yeah. Marie Kondo. Marie Kondo. Like, yeah. I'm having some verbal dyslexia. <laughs> um, I poured all her toys. I found all the toys in the whole house, and I poured them into the middle of the road. In the middle of the, not road. <laughs> to be run over. No. Yeah. Put them in the middle of the living room. And Rachel came over, and she's like, what? Did Serby dump all these out? And I was like, no, I did. But 
it was an enormous mound. I think that's why Marie Kondo has you do that. She has, when you declutter, you take all your clothes and put them in a pile on the bed. So you can see how much clothes. When they're all in the closet, you can't really intellectually see how much stuff you have or emotionally see. Mm -hmm. And Serby does not care about probably 95% of her toys. Like, she has three or four toys that she really enjoys. And... She loves playing with the chair, mostly. Like, she <laughs> likes climbing on it, you know. So, I she, Rachel helped me get rid of a ton of stuff. And I was so stressed out picking up toys and having toys and not knowing where to put toys. And and I was like, oh. Like, once they were all out of there, and I was like, oh, I feel so much better. And same with clothes. I had so much clothes I couldn't shut all my drawers. And I've been going through and getting rid of clothes that don't fit me anymore because I've lost weight. Oh. And like, do you want some clothes, Rachel? <laughs> no, so I'm like, oh. <laughs> okay, by the time I get rid of clothes, no one else wants them. So, But, like, just decluttering. And I opened my drawer the other day, and I could see all the T-shirts I have. And I was like, oh, so cool. So, you know, it actually made me happier to have less stuff. Well, and I think with debt, what my personal self, when it came to debt, I just didn't want to face it. And I was thinking, okay, I'm just going to pay the minimum payments and not think about it. Because when I saw all and all on paper and all together, it was really overwhelming. And But I decided in 2020, I was going to start working on that. My marriage came back together, and I just felt it wasn't unfair to keep trying to hide from that. So when we faced it, I let him know how much debt we had, which was really hard for me because there was a lot of it that I actually kept hidden, you know? And then he let me know, like, how much we had on our other credit cards. But together, God has blessed us in helping us pay that off. And I just, it's such a God thing. I can't even explain it, but it is such a God thing. And at first it felt overwhelming, but when you start doing that snowball, effect and you just start paying it you know you get oh there was a hundred dollars extra on my paycheck this week and because i worked a couple extra hours instead of doing that god blesses you because you know debt is such a hard thing like and we don't i mean we only have student debt my student loans because we paid off my husband's this year and our house Woo-hoo. so that's the only two debts we have but um but still, it feels like a heavy thing, and there's all these things. I'm like, oh, I want to do X, Y, and Z. And my husband's like, we have to pay off our debt before we can be free to do these things. And um, and I so agree with him. Like, we want to upgrade in-house because, you know, we want to have more kids. And, and um, but, and I was like, well, maybe, and I was trying to, like, bend the numbers and make it work. I'm like, maybe if we do X, Y, or Z. And, um, and I totally don't regret, regret my school debt at all. I feel like it's how I was able to pay for school and get this amazing degree. And, and it was an investment. Um, but I also realized, oh, yeah, we need to. So that's one of our goals is to pay off my student loans before we buy another house. Mm-hmm. And so it's a really good, you know. Motivator. Mm-hmm. And we're not saying that you should never do anything fun. Like we go do fun stuff as a family we'll take little mini vacations but here's the thing we don't have to take a vacation to mexico with our three-year-old we're just as fine maybe 
getting an Airbnb in McCall, which is a couple hour drive. You're not doing the plane tickets. You're not doing the lot of traveling, you know, and so it's cheaper. And so you can do those little mini vacations that aren't going to break the bank, but still give your kids some really good memories. Well, you know the joke that's like, I'm going to lose 10 pounds in 2021. Oh, that's Rachel's washer. Good job. Good job. Chores done. Um, but, um, you know, the joke that I'm going to lose 10 pounds in 2021, and mm-hmm. then you're like, I only have 15 to go. Yeah. Because like, you've gained five already. But um, it's kind of the joke with debt, too. But it's also the joke has reality to it. If you just stopped going into more debt, and right now if you're like, okay, we are not going to go into any more debt. We're just mm-hmm. going to pay down the debt we have. It's kind of the same with weight. I'm not going to gain any more weight. Even if I maintain my weight for three months, that is success. Yeah. If you don't go into debt this month, that is success. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it's it's hard. I am not a budget person. I do not enjoy budgeting. It is my least favorite thing. But I do enjoy when my husband does all the numbers and shows them to me. Because that was one of my goals for last year was to understand our finances better. Because you hear of these women where their husband dies and then they don't even know how to pay their bills. Mm-hmm. And I didn't want to be that woman, uh, but I was. So anyways, um, long story long, I learned all this kind of stuff about finance. It does not interest me at all. But, I mean, I do like the Dave Ramsey show and stuff. But um, but it has given me freedom to like be like, everyone thinks it puts restrictions on you. But it makes me feel safe. It makes me mm-hmm. feel like I know what I'm allowed to spend. I'm not out of control. So, yeah, just sticking to your budget. It's kind of like sticking to your diet. <laughs> really, they really do go hand in hand. I have learned a lot of things. And actually, a lot of people who say they are like working to get out of debt end up losing weight too. Because when you have discipline in one part of your life, you end up like having discipline in other parts of your life. So That's so interesting. Ah, well, number 10, the stress of pleasing others. This is a bone I have to pick with some companies because I feel like since COVID customer service has been like a joke for because they can kind of just blame everything on COVID Mm -hmm. but I think it's had a good effect the good effect is people are like well I haven't left my house in three months I haven't changed out of these sweatpants in three months I really don't have to please others yeah so I feel like for me personally the stress of pleasing others was kind of made easier this year. I don't mm-hmm. know. What do you think, Rach? Well, yeah. Well, for me, I was furloughed for furlough. Why do you say furlough? <laughs> she goes texting when she says furlough. I was furloughed for uh, three months. And so not having to have a dress code for work and just getting to wear yoga pants and a ponytail and a t-shirt for like three months was really nice. Well, and also... Just- you didn't have to live up to anyone else's standards. Well, and, you know, having a child with special needs, I will tell you that at home, we don't really even notice it. Like, home is such a safe place. She can, like, she can do really well. It's when we take her out in the open, and then I'm like, oh, my child's different. And that's when Mm -hmm. we have to deal with it. And so, I don't know, for us, it was like this happy little cocoon where we could just be us. And now that I'm, like, out in public more... And God's really done a work in my heart because he said, this is the beautiful child you have and you do not let anyone judge you and you do not let, don't let your heart be troubled by what people Mm. think and just be blessed by this wonderful person that you get to raise. And I struggle with it sometimes. Like I want people to treat my daughter like everyone else. 
And we knew it would be that way. Like, we don't see it a lot, very rarely, but sometimes people look at us and they see that we have a brown child and that we're white. I mean, I'm a tiny bit Filipino, but, <laughs> but you know, we don't look like our daughter and it bothers some people. Yeah. And that is their problem, not ours. And mm-hmm. we have this like gorgeous little daughter and most people think she's just wonderful. I know you just can't help but love her. She's so perfect, but she calls out and yells out in the store and people look at us and stare at us and and she cannot wear a mask and so because of her conditions and so um there are places that have turned us away because i can't get her to wear a mask and it's heartbreaking like mm-hmm. you know um which to me it feels is so unconstitutional just in the fact that you whether your beliefs on wearing or not wearing masks but to say hey this person cannot come in my establishment because their disabilities yeah, so it's and like that's actually against stomach, the law. Yeah, it's like stomach wrenching thinking yeah. about that. And and there's I mean, I won't get into it. We could do a whole podcast on this, um, and maybe we will because but yeah, it's and it's not just us being like, Oh, I can't you know, I can't wear a mask. It's she she has a disability, she cannot wear the mask and she can't tolerate it and there's no thing we can do to make her do it, so because she has a disability, she's supposed to stay home and she's not supposed to go places. Mm-hmm. I mean, to me, it feels like discrimination. But, you know, that's it would be so easy for me to be like, woe is me, my life is so hard. Instead, I advocate for my daughter and I, and I always have, like, plans of what I'm going to say and still be loving and not be that belligerent person who's saying, ah, you need to mm-hmm. do things my way. But... Um, I don't know where I'm going with this. No, I feel like you're a teacher when you're out in public. Like, you're teaching people. Mm-hmm. Especially with your daughter. Especially other kids who will say things like, why does she scream like that? Mm-hmm. And instead of you being like, oh, well, that's really rude to say that, you, like, get down on their level and explain why she might make noises that are different than other kids. I love that. You're just a, you're just teaching people. Well, and here's the thing. Children are the least judgmental. They really just want to know. Mm-hmm. They're not saying that to me. It was so cute. We had a um, we had a birthday party for our pastor, and it was really cool. We had it at the church, and it was a surprise party. It was so fun. Mm-hmm. And all the little kids were sitting in this big circle. <laughs> it was so cute. It was so cute, sitting on, on the floor eating their food. And Serby came up, and they all said, Serby, Serby, Serby. And they all knew her, and they wanted her to sit with them. And she can't talk and she can't sit still like they do and she can't do a lot of the things but they know how to like greet her i know we're starting to cry it's like is it we cry in every single yeah, podcast I'm like, you're making oh, me a but it's a beautiful picture and i think people in our church have I think been it's because so the way loving. that they've raised their children too mm-hmm. sorry when so many people in our church were praying for serby yeah you know when we got matched so with their kids her, yeah they they were praying for her for like a year before they got to meet her. And then when they met her, it was like, this person is real. And she's kind of popular, which is funny because she can't talk or anything. She's but super she, popular. Everyone knows her and loves her. And they accept. And she's loud. And sometimes there'll be a kid who'll be like, you're hurting my ears, you know. Because <laughs> she, she yells out. That's one of the things. She doesn't really know how to interact with other kids yet. And, but they're so gracious. And so it's been a very huge... Um, thing that's worked on is I don't need to please others like I'm pleasing to God he loves me 
he sees me and all my failures and he still loves me. Mm. And so like, I don't need to prove myself to a single other person. Yeah. And I know even the Bible says, are you not trying, are you still trying to please man? It's like, no, when we look at things like that, the only person we're supposed to please is God. It makes life so much easier. It's freeing. It really is. Of course you want to be kind and accepting to other people, but if you have your own convictions in your own ways, in the way that you choose to raise your daughter, and I mean, and it's good to still have a teachable spirit, but then you're worried about what other people think of you. That was a big thing that I came over to, and I'm leaving that in 2020. Yeah, in Jesus' name, we're leaving it. In <laughs> 2020. Yeah, that's one of those things. Well, um, number 11. We're only halfway through. Yeah, wow. we got to pick up the pace, okay. people. So, unrealistic expectations. I think that kind of goes along with that. Pleasing other people. Mm-hmm. I, I know us moms are like, I'm going to get these 45 things done today, and if I don't get them done today, I'm a failure as a mom. Mm-hmm. Not true. Well, so one thing is my husband doesn't like clutter, and I'm a very unorganized person. And one day... Disorganized. You... I'm just kidding, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I was like, you have to correct my grammar at least once every podcast. So... um all of a sudden, he, like, starts opening drawers and saying, oh, we should organize this and organize this. And I got, like, really overwhelmed. And I was like, oh, that's really unrealistic to pull everything out of everywhere in Today. one day and expect to get it done. So we made a goal. We are going to do every Saturday, because we work both the week, every Saturday morning's our chore day. But on top of that, we're going to pick a kind of a bigger thing to tackle. But just one thing. One thing. So a couple weeks ago, we did Ariana's toys and purged a bunch of toys and organized them. Last week, I cleaned my car. And if you anybody who knows me, that is a huge... That is huge. It probably took longer than cleaning the whole thing. <laughs> I know. It was bad. And it's not like it's always going to be perfect, but you you communicated that it was unrealistic to do it all today. Because if you tried to do it all, you would have been disappointed. Yeah, and failed. And there had probably been stuff pulled out of every closet, and I would have just been like, ugh. So, unrealistic expectations. Let's leave them in 2020 generational curses gosh so I wish good. we had more time I, this is something I did not realize until this year that there are things that have happened in generations past and then having a daughter who's adopted I don't know what her generational curses mm-hmm. are there are some things that were passed down to her biologically that we are going to have to in Jesus name cast out basically yeah and we, we pray that over our daughter too that those generational curses passed on through the bloodline which is that Jesus would just heal her. He's healed her physically. He's healed her emotionally. And we are just praying over that. And we've seen, I don't know, our, she's an amazing kid. I mean. Yeah. So, and then in our own lives saying, okay, here's the really good things that we got from growing up. And here are some maybe not good things that, that were even passed down from two or three generations ago. That mm-hmm. we just have to be like, okay, this is not right. I'm not passing it on to my kids. And part of that, whether people like to admit it or not and our family is addictions like addictions run deep and the here's the thing whether you're addicted to drugs or you're addicted to food Mm -hmm. it's still an addiction it's just one has way more severe consequences but eventually that addiction to food can lead to death as well it can lead to the way you treat your kids the way that you treat your husband all those things yeah and uh you know even um we're seeking our country. We're addicted to food as a nation. And mm-hmm. 
what is it, like 70-something percent of people are overweight and like 40-something percent are obese in yeah. this country. I mean, that's like close to half. I mean, you look out and you see we're, we're unhealthy. And mm-hmm. um, it's because we're going to things that are not God. God created us to need him. We're needy. Mm-hmm. And so instead of needing him and satisfying ourselves in him, we're satisfying drugs, alcohol, um, food, television, social media. Yeah, social media was is a big one for me. So let's leave that in 2020. And I think, and we'll talk about this in a second because I think the next one is idols. Yeah. And I hope this list doesn't seem like overwhelming. I mean, like there's 20 things I need to leave in 2020. If you just have one that you really feel like is gripping you and taking control over your life. We had a friend over the other night for dinner and I loved that he talked about when he realized something was just controlling him. And he was like, maybe it's the stubborn, stubbornness in me. He's like, but I don't want to be controlled by something. And I don't think any of us want to be controlled by something. Yeah. So if you're thinking, like, this list is overwhelming, that's a lot of stuff to leave in 2020. But if there's one thing on this list that you feel like, this is really gripping me, I need to leave it, then spend some time fasting and praying and really leaving it at God's feet. When a lot of these things, it's not like we fixed them in December. Yeah. They're things that have been, like, going for months and months and months. And honestly... I don't know about you guys, but 2020 has been one of the biggest growth years of my life. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, so, and it's because of all the bad things that happened. Mm -hmm. It was because all the things were taken away. So, after generational curses, so, I feel like COVID and the lockdown showed us some of those things that we want to not take into into the next year and into our next generation. Pandemic or not. Pandemic or not, yeah. But the pandemic just made it obvious. Well, for idols, it shut down sports. All idols. It shut down concerts. It shut down everything got Travel, shut down. It shut Travel, down work. Yeah. Restaurants. How many of us have our identity in work? Oh, yeah. If And then when work was taken away, you're like, who am I? Mm-hmm. How many of you are your identity? I mean, beauty parlors. I didn't. Yeah, I, <laughs> I cannot get my hair done. I saw my friends as natural for the first time. No, actually. <laughs> but, you know, like you have everyone from very, like, goes to the beauty parlor weekly to, like, you know, but all those things. You can't even get a haircut, for goodness sakes. Yeah. So, and I'm not saying any, none of these things are bad by themselves. That's the thing about idols. Food is not bad by itself. Taking care of your body is not bad by itself. Gyms. Yeah, going to the gym is not bad by itself. It's when it becomes an obsession and you put it before God. If the first thing you think about in the morning is, oh, i got to get out and get my run, instead of the first thing when you wake up, it should be, oh, I can't wait to spend time with my Lord. Even if it's laying in bed and spending a little bit of time in prayer, it will change your life. But, I mean, I've even had to, like, the first thing I want to do is open my Facebook app. Yeah. It's like, no, open up the Bible app first, you know, get out of bed because you said you weren't going to sleep in anymore. And then, well, here's the funny thing is I stopped allowing my phone in bed with me. Like I always plugged it in next to the wall and have it like by my face. I have it across the room now. So when that alarm, makes you get up. when that alarm goes off, I have to get up. And when I first wake up, I'm not going to Facebook because first of all, I'd have to get up, go across the room. My first, I get to lay there. And just be like, thank you, Lord, for this day. And I'll 
Yeah. And it's and it, that that addiction piece isn't there. Whereas when you first wake up and your phone's right there next to you, or even if you wake up in the middle of the night and your phone's right next to you, the first thing to do is, I can't sleep, so I'm going to get on social media, which also causes more insomnia because those yeah. screens it stimulates your brain so you can't go back to sleep when well, facebook is designed to keep you on it so mm-hmm. you get all these endorphins when you oh, that's... well and there's a real study that's being done and it's called the fear of missing out where people are so addicted to facebook because they are literally afraid they're going to miss something that's so so idols um identifying them but idols are things we are in our christian life every year Mm. We have to choose to, almost every day. Sometimes. Every day you have to choose to turn your heart towards Jesus. Mm. And so I think first. once it was all taken away, we couldn't go out to restaurants. We mm-hmm. couldn't go out to sporting events. We couldn't even go to school. We couldn't go to, we could, you know, we, all the things that made us feel good about ourselves were taken away. And then we had to look in the mirror and say, okay, God, who am I? when I have nothing else but you. Mm, mm-hmm. And that's the beauty of being a Christian is you have an identity without all those things. Yeah. And uh, oh, God's so good that way. So idols, let's leave them behind. Mm-hmm. 14 is sorrow. Um, I've heard it like call it a spirit of sorrow because we had a, a death, a couple deaths in the family. Um, Rachel and I had a death in our family. And then my husband... Um, his grandmother passed away and it was really sad and there's a time to weep and a time to mourn uh, in everything in its season and but the and I'm not saying oh I'm leaving sorrow behind in 2020 I'm never gonna, we're have, gonna sorrow always again. have sorrow but having a spirit of sorrow a heaviness that just holds you down all the time mm. I can't live like that I don't know about you and well, and here's the thing. In biblical times, like back in the Israelites' day, when somebody died, they would take time to mourn. They would take specific time where they wouldn't go out and do anything. They wouldn't. They'd just mourn. They'd wear sackcloth and, like, lay on the ground and mourn with each other. Like, they'd mourn together. And I think nowadays when something like that happens, when there's a death in the family or something tragic happens, we just are expected to keep going on with our lives. And I think because of that, you never get that chance to mourn. So that spirit of sorrow just stays with you. Yeah, and it comes out in really inappropriate times. And sometimes it comes out as anger. And it comes out as, Mm. you know, and I think not being allowed to have funerals. Oh, yeah. I think that... was awful. I don't know. I, I wanted to say goodbye to the people we lost. And I wanted to be... um, And let them go. And let them go be with God. And... And... But we didn't have that closure. And mm-hmm. so I do feel like, and with so much death, and death being on the news, and death being, it just seems and like. And people afraid of dying. So afraid. And um, I think that there's just been the spirit of sorrow that we've just been carrying around. And we just got to leave it behind. It's okay to have grief and mourn and be sorrow. Mm-hmm. I hope this isn't coming off as you need to be happy all the time. But I think even in mourning. I love that they call them celebrations of life mm-hmm. because that's what they are. And then also as Christians, we don't mourn like those who have no hope. We're excited for people that have passed on and go to heaven. Mm-hmm. That's so much better than this life. It's the good, it's, you know. Yeah, it's to imagine living a life free of pain, free of hurt, 
I think when you're looking at it from an eternal perspective, it changes every aspect of your life. Mm-hmm. Oh, so let's leave that. And I, I love it because uh, I asked my husband, I was like, what is something you're leaving behind in 2020? He said sorrow. Mm. And I was thinking of that song that kind of, I'm trading I was thinking sorrows. that too. I'm trading my shame. I'm laying them down for the joy of the Lord. So we can't get through a podcast without singing too. <laughs> we cry, we sing, everything. Um, but yeah, I love, I love that. So um, fifteen. Well, let's see that victim mentality. That's a hard one. Cause I get that way too. Mm-hmm. We My all do. So hard. I have a child with special needs. Like, I can't go to the, I can't do the things I want to do because of COVID. I mean, I, I'm preaching to the choir. Because I see, Let's especially on social it. media, I see a lot, a lot, a lot of that victim mentality. Like, woe is oh. me. My life is so hard. And we don't, I mean, we don't want to discredit people who are truly, truly, truly hurting. Because there is definitely suffering going on. Yeah. 2020 was a very difficult year. There was a lot of pain and a lot of suffering. But the difference between... The victim mentality, though, is being an overcomer and not letting yourself become a and victim. And not in our own strength. It's in Christ alone that I even woke up this morning breathing. You Satan, know what I'm saying? Yeah, Satan wants us to stay as victims, but we are conquerors. Mm-hmm. And, hor- and bad stuff happens, and bad stuff happens to people, and we live in a fallen world. But honestly, I don't want to harp on that too much, but... To say that to the victim thing, to stay in a victim is almost taking away your own power. Yeah. A bad thing happened to me, and if I continue, at some point, I have to not be a victim. Mm-hmm. I have to choose to continue to live my best life despite mm-hmm. that. So let's leave it in 2020. Um, depression. So 16, 17, and 18 kind of all go together okay what are they so it's depression loneliness and addiction well let's do we kind of already hit on addiction but Mm -hmm. depression loneliness and anxiety okay and yeah this is i love social media that people are talking about mental health so much and honestly this should be a two-hour podcast we're just going to touch on it i will tell you i have been delivered in jesus name from true depression like a a physical um, depression, a like a chemical depression. I was healed, not instantly. It took almost two years, but um, from crippling depression, like can't get out of bed depression, to like living my best life and having. And most people who know me would would not know that I went yeah. through that. Some people in my own family didn't know I suffered. Well, because depression doesn't look like always I can't get out of bed or I'm crying all the time I hardly cried a lot actually during my depression I was not a huge crier because I was shutting down my emotions Mm. see depression could be your friend who's out and about with you and laughing and talking with you but then when they get home it's like they're like okay I'm exhausted from having to put on that front this whole time or just and the same with anxiety always worried always fearing the unknown then that leads to insomnia you know which worsens depression and so i guess yeah if you are struggling with that get help don't be afraid to get help to see someone 
Mm-hmm. To, of course, to turn to Jesus, but also professional help. And, of course, we would always suggest Christian counselors, but not somebody that can say, okay, do this and this and this and be on your way, but somebody who can give you tangible mm-hmm. things or just teach you how to cope with that depression. Why well, I've because- been healed gosh, in Jesus' name, six years. Wow. And I still use the things I learned in therapy. Because even suicide is at an all-time high right now. That's crazy because people are lonely because God did not create us to be hunkered down in our homes. Mm -hmm. People are afraid. We're supposed to be in community. We're supposed to be around other people. We're supposed to be sharing life. And for some people, that takes work. It takes work to, like, have somebody over for dinner and make a big meal and clean your house. And But do you ever regret it afterwards? You always feel, like, filled and just like, oh, man, that was such a good night. But leading up to it, I can honestly say sometimes I'm like, oh, I'm just tired. I, I just wish they would bed. just cancel. <laughs> like, I just want to be in bed for the night. But I think 2020 brought on some really good excuses for people. Like, oh, I just can't be around other people because of COVID. But really deep down inside, I don't really think some people that was really the ultimate reason why they were staying away from people mm-hmm. i think it's just been a really convenient excuse but then another thing i've seen on social media is people doing this whole long thing about how they're so depressed that they can barely get out of bed and they struggle with suicide and they struggle and it's so heartbreaking to me because i know that the devil can get a hold of people and suicide will take their life and it's just over after that and then you have these young teens who have who think there's nothing more that life is just so hopeless and everyone around them is saying life is so hopeless like yeah life just is really awful right now and they're adults and it's like what are these teens thinking and then they're being taught in schools that um evolution is a thing and that they were made by accident and without a purpose like how is that supposed to help a teenager feel like there's anything better if they're taught that they were made by accident mm-hmm. by a big explosion there's not no grand divine purpose for their life and so you have all these things going around and so then you have COVID come and it's just easier to just be like oh well sorry I can't interact but really that's what your soul is craving is and human and part of the problem with our society too and social media culture is we've normalized mental health which is good mm-hmm. but then we've also normalized that you have to stay that way like yes. any other illness God can heal it and he sometimes chooses not to heal it, and sometimes it's like our thorn in our side that we, we you know, because I, I was delivered from depression, and my depression was um, directly connected to my pain, because I, I, I've talked about it in past podcasts, but I have an autoimmune condition that causes me extreme pain. God has not healed me from my autoimmune condition. And but he healed me from the depression, and I'll tell you, the depression was more painful. And I can live with physical pain, but emotional pain, that that was unbearable. But and how are you medicating that emotional pain? If you're to the point where you just can't even get out of bed sometimes, and you're calling into work, but then you're drinking at the end of every day, alcohol is a depressant. We're not saying don't drink alcohol for religious purposes even. We're saying don't drink alcohol if you're depressed because it brings you more into depression. 
do you binge watch TV shows? That mm. creates more depression. Do you binge a bunch of food like I do? Well, sometimes I'll get depressed and just like binge out of house and home. What does that cause? That causes more depression. What are you feed? Are you feeding that depression? Or are you fighting against it? So I think well, yeah. that's a big thing you have to look at too. Am I seeking help? Am I talking with people? Am I bringing am I this being to light? Am yeah. I being honest? Or am I truly just drinking, binging, all the other things that cling and just feed that depression instead of trying to fight it? Yeah, and anxiety is right there with it. Like depress. Everyone gets an- anxious. Everyone gets depressed. Those are normal human mm-hmm. emotions. But we were not created to live in a state of depression, in a state of anxiety. God wants to deliver us from those things. And there's also ways that we can be healed from them. And yeah, I, I, I mean, because I've seen it in my own life. And even our church, I think it was a prayer service once. Um, you know, we've got some of the happiest people in our church. It's amazing. And the, the speaker said, I want you to raise your hand if you've ever struggled with mental health. And they named some, you know, bipolar, you know, um, depression anxiety they named a bunch of them and half the church or more raised their hand and i was shocked by the people i saw raise their hand and then she said but if god's delivered you from it put um like put your hand down and almost all the hands went down because and you know obviously it's an ongoing thing i know how to recognize when the depression's creeping up again and i know what my triggers are, I know how to stop it. So and your like, husband knows too. My husband knows, and he calls me out because you've been honest with him. Like, hey, this is what to look for when you know. Hey, I think she might need help or prayer, or because if you had cancer, you'd go to a doctor and you'd go to see someone. You'd go find help. And so if you had skin this... cancer, and you were healed from skin cancer, but then you saw a weird spot on your arm, you wouldn't not go to the doctor. Yeah, you, you wouldn't hide it. It's the same with depression. When I see my depression coming. I've never had a relapse because I always recognize when it's coming up. And so I am able to, like, deal with it and get the help I need. And if you have friends who struggle with depression, check on them. Say, hey, how is how is that? You know, because there's some people who struggle with just seasonal depression. Mm-hmm. So every time winter comes around, mm-hmm. it's crippling to them. And so if you know that, during that winter season, you'd be checking up on that friend. But don't just offer them, hey, go to counseling. Offer them Jesus. Like, mm-hmm. honestly counseling was christian counseling and that helped me learn the skills to cope with it and but it was jesus that delivered me yeah honestly and it was it was it was weird we should do a whole podcast well and it's funny i think we get in the habit of saying hey i'll be praying for you but if you're with your friend and you can see that or on the phone or or on the phone whatever you can just just say hey can i pray for you right now just Mm -hmm. stop and pray even if you're in the middle of the grocery store stop and pray because like we said we're not pleasing men and I don't know, even like people that aren't Christians, no one's ever told me not to pray for them. I've prayed for non-Christians before and I said, can I pray for you? And they always say yes. Like, people love to know that you care about because them. Because even if it's not, even if they don't believe in it, they know that you're offering it because it's something you believe in. Mm-hmm. Which is really nice. So, yeah, I'm so sorry if you're struggling with depression, loneliness, or, uh, yeah, or anxiety because I know that pain and ache that is deeper than any wound it's so yeah i would almost rather my arm be broken because you can't just take a pill to make it better that's Mm -hmm. the hard part i think it really it takes a lot of work if you have a headache you just go take some ibuprofen and your headache's gone it's not that simple so we're not trying to desensitize or simplify those true true 
mental health things. But yeah, mm-hmm. we could do a whole nother podcast. But a lot of us that were kind of struggling on the edge of mental health got pushed over because yeah, of 2020. Because of 2020. So let's leave those things behind. Let's not carry depression and anxiety as a like almost as like a piece of clothing like this is just who I am Mm -hmm. I don't believe that yeah I believe you can be healed because it's happened to me it's happened to so many people and uh yeah oof and we talked about addictions kind of already yeah I mean a lot of these go back to addiction a lot of these overlap with each other but um the last thing I kind of wanted to talk about was mainstream news media yes can we all just leave that behind in 2020 (laughs) okay here's the funny thing so my students right now the lead teacher has them on this project where they have to make their own government system and so they had to research all these different countries government systems and they had to have like a constitution they had to have laws in place they had it like it was a very intensive and it's so funny because They'd come to me and they'd be like, well, I'm just going to do this. Like, no murder. And that's against the law. And I said, okay. And I how and I said, how will you put that into law? And she's like, well, the people have to vote. And I said, well, what if everyone votes against it and they want to have murder? And she's like, well, they can't because I will say they can't. And I was like, okay, so you want a dictatorship then? And she's like, no, I don't want a dictatorship. And so I'm like, I know it's so complicated. Here's the funny thing is most of the students have come back to like an American like true American like democratic republic it's kind of funny how they've all come back to that but one of the kids in his constitution said there if you report on the news you have to have six sources like he put that in his constitution I love that because nowadays you can pretty much put whatever you want on the news well it's funny because I have a journalism minor and I, oh gosh, I was in school. Gosh, college is becoming years and years ago. <laughs> so this was like seven or eight years ago. I'm taking these journalism classes. Probably and even since that. then, I feel like the news has lost so much of its credibility. Well, back in the day, like if a journalist printed something, they would have to do a reprint and apologize if they got their source wrong. Mm-hmm. If they didn't have a good source to back it up. And Nowadays. they still technically do that because you'll see at the end of a news program like 20 things they misspoke about. And then it's like, but who is going to read those? They're like they're like the side effects on a drug commercial. Like it's going yeah. by so fast. Well, and the problem is people aren't turning on a news station and watching the news. They're getting their news from Susie Sandsberger of my high school who posted a meme about this president or posted a meme about this and oh i'm gonna take that at face value or you know we just read the the article title we didn't even read to see you know and i mean i was an english teacher we spent so much time talking about sources and teaching the kids how to find out what's true and honestly i feel bad for them it is hard to know what's well, true. And things that I've tried to research, because a lot of people say, well, where's your source? Where's your research? And honestly, there is so much back and forth of things. Well, this is the facts. Well, then this article says this is the fact. Well, this medical company says this is the fact. And, and it's really kind of heartbreaking, because I'm thinking, okay, well, what do I know is absolute truth? 
I know that the Bible is absolute truth. I know what happens in the world. It's good to keep up with it. But when it comes to politics now, that's another idol in people's lives. And I'm just, I'm done letting that be something I'm so concerned about. I'm just like, you know what? I'm going to take care of my family. I'm going to be prepared as always, you know, always having extra food in the house, having extra toilet paper. Now we all learned that from 2020. <laughs> We're not leaving the extra toilet paper in 2020. We're keep, you know, always having the extra rolls of toilet paper on hand and that for just anything, you could have a snowstorm and get snowed in for two weeks, you know? So not going overboard and having a bunker and, you know, and, um, which some people have done, but just what's thinking, what's absolute truth in my life? The Bible is absolute truth. So that's where I'm going to turn to for truth. The things on the news, I take it with a grain of salt. Yeah. And, you know, because what was news five minutes ago is not news now. And this 24-hour news cycle. And so it's hard because news and being up to date on the news and being educated is something that becomes an idol in my life. Mm -hmm. And so I have to find the balance between... And I'm not saying turn off the news completely. I'm saying probably turn it off more often. Mm -hmm. And uh, definitely don't get your news from social media. And be careful what your kids are hearing, too. Because, like, as a teacher, when you walk around the classroom and kids are saying just blatant things, you're just like, well, that's really not true. <laughs> like, they got it from somewhere. Yeah. And even your tone, and your, if you're like, oh, I'm so mad because so-and-so made And it goes back to the negativity, which was, you know, one of the first ones we talked about is, you know, News that is negative sells. Yeah. Positive news does not sell. Well, this is... Okay, this is what's so funny. Okay, so we have, like, news notifications just pop up on the kids' iPad at school. And one of them said, Joe Biden goes back on his stimulus check promise. And I was like, well, what's that all about? So it did, like, pique my interest because, you know, like, are we getting another stimulus? So I guess he, apparently he promised a $2,000 stimulus, and now he's offering $14,000, and he was saying, or not 14000 oh my gosh, that would be crazy, a 2000 and now he's only offering 1400 because he said we already got our $600 down payment. And people are livid over that. So he's saying, altogether, yeah, you'll get $2,000 stimulus, but you already got 600 of it. But now people are livid because they're all banking on this extra 2000 that he promised. But it's so funny because as I'm reading that, I'm like, why are people so angry? It's literally like money that you didn't work for. Mm -hmm. or But that's just one thing about the news. It's like... When even having the news, you would have never even read that article or even maybe you were one who would get mad if yeah. you read that. But it's because it's dinging in our heads all day long. Mm -hmm. It's popping up. It's popping up. And it's like... You can control what goes into your body. Yeah, and that's one thing I have to remember is we're able, like most of the kids have that disabled. Like when they do an update, for some reason the Apple News goes on there. But we tend because to, we try to reasons, Rachel. Yeah. It's not an accident, yeah. but we, but we could try talk to, about that. Yeah, all day. we try to really disable. We disable all those when we see it. We're like, oh, we need to disable the news. And but I just think, like, gosh, this is like really a big uproar over. I know. Well, and it's funny because our worldview does, and it, you know, if you know the Bible, you know none of this surprises God. Yeah. None of this beats God. None yeah. of this like negates God. He he's in control. No one goes into power without God allowing it to happen. Mm -hmm. All authority comes from God, and yeah. so I don't understand it all, but at least I can trust God, and I can do my civic duty, which is to research and vote and do the best I can but at the end of the day 
it's it's kind of like the you know the analogy with the 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 ice block ice block thank you rachel yeah finish my sentence it's you know if that if i'm listening to the news and it's it's making me cold and it's making you anxious or making angry. you depressed or angry yeah yeah, don't, and don't be a keyboard warrior. If you see somebody who disagrees with you on social media and you think, man, they're so ignorant, they're on the wrong side of this fight, all those different things, don't become a keyboard warrior. You're not going to change that person's mind. You're not going to have some magical formula that you're going to say that they're going to be like, wow, I really never thought about it that way. People are angry and people are set in their ways and people are being lied to because the devil is just having his... Heyday. He loves he loves confusion. He loves division. Chaos, chaos. He comes to kill, still, and destroy. And he is doing that. And so I think if we leave these twenty things in twenty twenty And you just look up. Yeah. Look up. Look towards the future. That's the beautiful thing about humans. We're really good at forgetting. <laughs> we in a good way and a bad way. We forget the good things and we remember the bad things. And it's like, well, why don't we just forget the bad things and move on with our lives and anticipate mm-hmm. what's next, you know? And I love that the Bible says his mercies are new every, every morning. morning. So every morning, wake up with a new attitude. If somebody cuts you off on your way to work or your boss says something rude to you, you know, don't let that change your whole entire day. Mm-hmm. And you know what also really helps is journaling a gratitude journal. Mm-hmm. Like every day I'm going to... Gr- journal things that I am thankful for or I'm gonna say them out loud in the car on my way to work Lord thank you for this Lord thank you for this Lord and then once you start even if it's something as simple as you're like my life is so horrible right now all I can think of is that I woke up this morning thank you Lord for air and my breath thank you Lord that I can take a full breath there's some people who are suffering and can't even take a full breath thank you Lord that I can walk thank you Lord that I can drive to you know there's always something and I'll tell you, when I was in the depths of my depression, I would, I, my, one of the things my counselor made me do is every day I woke up, I had to take a shower. That was Mm -hmm. like part of it. There's so many like things we could go into, but, but, and in the shower, I would say, I would just go through all the things that I was grateful for. And the first thing I always said was, Lord, thank you that I woke up. Mm. thank you that I have breath in my lungs and then honestly two or three things in like that then it's gushing then you're like thank you Lord for my like wonderful husband you know and Mm -hmm. and thank you Lord for the shower curtain yeah I mean it's seriously like you start and then it just becomes a spirit of gratitude (laughs) and it's it's hard to be depressed when When you have bacon Bacon. Oh, yeah, after 21 days of no meat. <laughs> and the first thing we had was bacon. You're like, holy. But even, I think we've Thank you, Lord, it. I'm not a vegan. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, I'm no longer vegan. Sorry for our one vegan listener. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we love you, and we respect your lifestyle. I just could not do it because I love bacon. <laughs> but um, even, like, I, I love that you're teaching your daughter to, like, Look up at the mountains every day and say, mm. oh, look how beautiful the mountains are. Look how beautiful the smile on my child's face is. Look how, like, just, um, you know, you're stuck in traffic and you're like, oh, I'm in a car that has heat. Like, mm. I'm warm. I I have a very warm house because we heat it with, um, with a wood stove and it's just this very comfortable warmth. 
He and I I'm so blessed by that every day. Mm-hmm. And it could be it would be really easy for me to just say, Oh, that's just our life. We have a wood stove. But I sit next to my warm stove and I'm just so blessed every day by it. And that's yeah. a choice. That's a choice. And there are many people that will not wake up to a warm house. Mm. That will not wake up to a warm meal. Not even wake up. Yeah. And we saw that happen this year. I think America really struggled with this pandemic and the civil unrest because we've been so comfortable for so long. Mm. We've mm-hmm. had it so good. We our, we thought our jobs were secure. We thought our borders were secure. We thought our lives were secure. We thought our... We thought everything was so safe, and God kind of just showed us that He's in control. Uh, we have feet moment. of clay, yeah. but when our feet of clay fall beneath us, we have a heavenly Father who holds us. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, we went a little bit long, but it's our our first one of season three. Yes, and we have so many exciting interviews. Mm-hmm. We're gonna try to post an one interview a month that's our goal so you'll have to listen to us all the other podcasts Mm -hmm. but if you can't get enough of the instant mamas and while you're waiting between episodes to drop we would love for you to visit our facebook page instant mamas nat and ratch and our instagram page which is instant mamas nat and ratch and here's the thing is we try to post blogs every couple of days we post tips on motherhood that we've learned we post just funny memes so we'd love for you to get on our page follow us and just interact with us a little bit mm-hmm. and send us I some try feedback. To do games yeah. yeah if you have a, a topic you want us to discuss if you have someone who'd be really good to interview yeah. like please let us know we already have t- um, a couple interviews lined uh, up lined up and then we have one we're doing this weekend so like we're excited. We have some really awesome women we've been talking to. We're going to do episodes about just so many topics. It's uh, We're really excited. And we're trying to do um, an episode every week starting the first week of February. Oof. So we, we, and we have contests coming up and we have games and prizes you can win. There's just... Yeah, so if there's topics that you want to hear us talk about, now remember, we're just two moms... In a Living the dream. No. Yeah. <laughs> and we do it all ourselves. We produce it. We edit it. We put it out. So, um, yeah, we we wouldn't be here without you guys. So, please like and subscribe. I feel so weird saying that. And I know. Please like leave uh, a review. It helps other people learn. We really want to get our message out to other people. Women and w- mothers' stories especially you know we we talk about foster and adoption we talk about motherhood we talk about healthy clean living and everything in between we want to get <laughs> and we are trying to get stories of all kinds of women from yes um, different backgrounds different um yeah we're really excited we have some homeschooling stuff coming up some birth stories birth stories mm-hmm. some things that people have dealt with their kids and their early life we have an occupational therapist that we'll be bringing on the show so i mean it's gonna be exciting people Mm -hmm. we are stoked so thank you for being with us this far and check us out and we just love you so much so thanks for listening